This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Are commodity prices high enough yet to destroy demand? Strong rallies will produce rounds of profit-taking, fueling corrections, but the underlying fundamentals are unlikely to change the major uptrend, and bounce of weakness will be buying opportunities. The only way to break the grip of this supply-demand bull market will likely be a round of price rationing, where prices go high enough to destroy some demand. No signs that end-users of commodities stop consuming due to high prices have yet to materialize. When commodity shortages develop, it is the job of the market to correct those imbalances by providing the price incentive to guide producers to expand production and cause end-users to curtail demand. The result should be more supply and less demand so that the two are again aligned. Certainly, this is not an exact science, and markets typically overshoot, which creates the next bear market. Most consumers today complaining about high gas prices have no idea that the price of crude oil in April 2020 traded into negative price territory during the pandemic. Anyone, including myself, who thought that the lowest that a market could go was zero was proven wrong. The market was actually paying someone to take excess oil from the market. When I first saw crude oil prices go negative on my quote terminal, I thought that it was a computer glitch. The message here is to not underestimate the power of the market. When a market goes so high that end users lose money due to the increased cost of production, they call it demand destruction. In the case of corn, when they close an ethanol plant, when livestock producers reduce herds, or when export demand shrivels, then demand destruction has occurred. There is currently little evidence that commodity end users have reduced consumption due to price. Most end users have been able to pass along costs to consumers so that their margins can cover higher raw material prices. Despite $17 soybeans, crush margins have remained positive, and NOPA crush volume itself hit a record 182 million bushels in March. As crush margins are driven by strength in soy oil, there is no reason for crush plants to slow production. As an aside, U.S. soy oil is still cheap by global price standards for veg oil. And it is soy meal that is the less valued byproduct that helps control feed costs. There are some saying that soy meal could get so cheap that it would make fertilizer. Will demand destruction occur for corn? As long as ethanol is priced competitively with unleaded gas, they'll run ethanol plants at capacity. The problem limiting the ethanol crush is a tank car shortage, which has caused our local ethanol plant to trim hours. They are now bidding a positive basis for corn once again, so there's no surplus. DDGs tied to corn prices are also contributing to positive ethanol margins. Approval of year-round E15 will add 25 to 40 million bushels to ethanol corn demand. Livestock producers are making money despite higher feed costs. The chicken industry is integrated, so it's passing on higher costs to consumers. Chicken should be pretty consumer price elastic before demand is harmed. The hog industry is also much integrated. Packers now own over half the hogs that are adding to their percentage of ownership. An integrated packer has to keep their plants supplied with hogs who are not about to curtail hog production due to feed costs. They have to keep their plants supplied or else their margins would suffer. Integrated pork packers pay themselves more for their hogs to cover feed costs. As of Monday, the USDA Wall Street Journal Iowa State University calculations show integrated pork packers with a $54.45 a head margin. They're making money and high corn prices have not reversed that. 
$8 corn has had no impact on hog production. Looking at the cattle industry, they have already curtailed the cow herd, in part due to drought conditions in much of the United States. Someday there will be fewer numbers on feed. During the interim, however, cattle on feed numbers have instead surged due to forced placements. Grazing and pasture conditions are extremely poor, and there's nothing in the weather outlook that would appear to change that. The La Nina is producing extreme drought in regions of cattle country. Feeder cattle will continue to be placed on feed earlier than normal under these drought conditions. This could extend large on-feed numbers longer than many in the cattle industry had anticipated, so that feed consumption by the beef industry remains strong during 2022. Once in a feedlot, cattle will eat feed. There's also a shortage of forage and little alternative feed grain supply to replace corn in feed bunks. And there are exports. Brazil failed to come up with large soybean and corn crops to provide any margin of extra supply for global demand. China messed up and did not anticipate shortfalls in Brazil's production, so a short bought it is now coming back to the United States for supply. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com. Or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.